to the Sober Grind podcast and live stream hosted by Beginnings Treatment Centers. We have been gone for a little while. Sorry about the three-week hiatus. Too long, but we did have a really good stretch. 18 weeks straight through, back-to-back. Yep. And I'm Pej. (laughs) This is Austin. A pleasure. And we are joined by our very special guest today, Kevin. Hey, everybody. So uh, before we get into this, uh, we would just want to talk about where we've been. Austin went to China and Japan for the first yep. week. Yep. Um, I was down at the Innovations Conference that was hosted by foundations in San Diego. And then last week I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, you know, doing a little something-something out there, a few things. But uh, now we're back, and today our topic of the show is about uh, pe- resources, resources for people that need treatment, people that need help, and the lack thereof, and we want to talk about that a little bit. We've got Kevin here today. Uh, Kevin is actually, for me, uh, and he doesn't even know this, he's a key figure in recovery because when I was brand new, Kevin's got 21 years, and I'll let him talk about himself a little bit here, but when he, when I was brand spanking new to recovery, I, I barely knew anybody, and I was afraid to talk to anybody, but I used to see Kevin and my friend Pat Ochoa in certain particular recovery community places where I just saw these guys very, very... Um, very comfortable in their own skin, and it was always nice to see that they were uh, standing members of our community that, that uh, kind of paved the way for me and made it seem attractive, and that's what kind of kept me around. And then in more recent times, Kevin and I have become friends, and uh, I thought I'd bring him on here today and talk a little bit about what, what, you know, what he's doing with himself and his life and who he is. Go ahead, Kev. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just a sober guy. Uh, I was dumb enough at 17 to get it. Wow. Uh, after other multiple attempts prior to that, but mm-hmm. uh, sadly that's part of a lot of our stories. And um, yeah, 17, 21 years sober now, which means I'm old and probably have multiple kids, which I'm now blessed with three. <laughs> <Nice>. <clears throat> Beautiful wife, cool. we're coming up on five years of marriage. Congratulations. Awesome. And uh, I took over a family business at some point in my journey, and also I have that and nonstop passion for recovery, and that has led me to other I would say ventures, but projects today, and um, I just want to see everyone have a chance. Awesome. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Love it. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. So today we're talking about resources and really the lack of them. So I want to open this question up to both of you Mm -hmm. and our viewers as well. as a two-part question, what resources were helpful to you, the most helpful, and what did you see either uh, in the past or currently that there's a lack of resources for? So, Pej, do you want to jump in there? Actually, I'd like to hear from Kevin yeah, first. What, what do you got? Well, I mean, back in my day, uh, being a minor at the time, my parents got me into Chapman Hospital under uh, psychiatric care. Oh. Because back then, addiction wasn't really that covered under most mm. insurances, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I remember they had to have, uh, I'll use the term shrink for being rough right now. Yeah. They, I had to actually get meetings with that, and I just happened to live in a detox residential wing of the hospital and happened to get additional services while I was there, which, God bless it, it saved my life. Mm-hmm. So it worked. And, mm-hmm. and these days... Uh, with as much that insurance is covering, we still have a lack of, of the U.S. with no insurance. Right. Mm. Or one of the government-aided uh, ones, and um, the amount of places, I think with the increase of coverage from big boy insurance companies, mm-hmm. there's been either a decrease or simply a rise in addiction, which right. is there also. 
Uh, so if you go by the ratio, it seems like the people don't really have options. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, there's 12-step meetings. Those are free, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe you throw a buck in the basket, great, best deal ever. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, 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 the America today, I think you really have to have something for them to connect to, right? right. They're not just going to go do it on their own. And don't get me wrong, I have yet to meet a drug addict that wakes up one morning and just says, I'm just going to go get sober today. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that old life behind me. If only it was that easy. Yeah, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, What's that trauma? What's that point in their using story that turns to the sober story? Mm -hmm. And it's like quitting smoking. I was really good at quitting smoking when I smoked. Yeah. But I wasn't good at staying quit. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of that we can relate to with addictive behavior and all that stuff, which probably for another day. Mm -hmm. But as far as the resources go, I get more calls for people that uh, we're in California, so Medi-Cal, Medicare, mm -hmm. and if there is an, an available resource for them, right. they're full. Mm. There's the waiting list. There's yeah. the waiting and, list. And it's often a long waiting list. Long waiting list. So this person better be desperate and trying consistently to, to get in. And beat down their door. Right. Stand out. Make them know. It's that they want. And it, it, they're, they're few and far between. Yes. There's not many. No. If any. There's like one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a handful of... Uh, Short-term, but free services right. to anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God bless the nonprofits that have been able to push through that barricade. Right. Yeah. Same story. Right. So that's where, I don't know what the solution is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think our government has an idea. And uh, with a lot of the, the professional places, they got bills to pay. They got to keep the lights on. They have to make sure right. that the, the books balance out. We're all here to help people, mm -hmm. right? But you can't help them if, they're cl if you're closed. Right. So it's hard. So that's that's my passion right now. Kind of my drive is, let's see what we can do. Right. You know, Thank you for let's, sharing that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. But uh, before we get um, your opinion there, Prez, I want to just address some questions here. So Solange says, uh, Maya, awesome, all the way from Dubai. Wow, that's amazing. We have some Dubai washers. <laughs> Meet him live. I don't think That's there's so any questions. Cool. No, no questions. Leave us some questions. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? This is an open forum, an open conversation. So we would love to hear what your opinions on the most effective and helpful resources to you are um, and what resources you would like to see as well. So, Pej, do you want to dive in? Sure. I mean, any time before I ever went and got treatment, I only went to treatment one and only time, right? And I, I'm lucky that I was naive and thought That's that great. when you go to treatment, you get well, right? Um, as opposed to, <laughs> I see a lot of people that are treatment wow. hoppers. They're in and out of centers. Yeah. Uh, more recently, I, I talked to a guy who had been to 63 treatment centers. Like, either that's some good insurance, oh, that's or this crazy. kid's just doing a tour of, like, all wow. the treatment centers. So, 63. So, you know, Rehab Riviera, right? That's but um, me personally, anything before me ever going to rehab uh, to get well was usually uh, the judicial system was sending me to lots of jails, which was never mm. getting me well. Um, it was great. I mean, it was not great. It was never great being locked up, but you know, the 12-step community definitely used to come down and talk to us on... Uh, on a Thursday night and tell us about their experience, strength, and hope. But for me, like, I didn't care. I didn't think mm -hmm. that um, their problem was my problem. So it never really got, got, kept me sober. So uh, by the time I did get sober, I was 35 years old. Um, I was uh, homeless, living out of my car. I was uh, 
referred to a Persian treatment center because I'm Persian, oh. and I went there really to make my Persian mother happy. But um, I didn't have any money to get in, and luckily um, there was a foundation to where a lot of the Iranians in the community had put together some money, and they funded my first month there. So I got it. Like what, right away, I realized like you better become grateful and you better do this thing. But since then, you know, I, I started working in the field probably a couple of years after I got sober. And um, as Kevin was talking about, back in the day, um, most people, like I worked in a treatment center where the majority of the people that came through back then, uh, insurances weren't covering uh, for, for behavioral health, for, for addiction. It wasn't covering. So a lot of people were coming uh, on a national basis, uh, cash pay. Mm. You know, and so it was like 85% uh, of our clients were coming from all over the country and their families would do anything to put them in there. They would uh, sometimes put their house up, you know, for, to put their kid in the treatment or whatnot. And then about 15% were scholarship, you know. But um, these days, you know, obviously when it became an actual disease, like addiction became a disease and insurances started to pay for it, uh, we, we started seeing a lot of places sprout up and open up. And, and sure, a lot of people that have stellar policies can get into the good treatment centers, but what about all of the people that don't have those great policies? Yeah. Um, I, I, I do work with a lot of different centers that have uh, in-network, you know, they take in-network insurance policies. We'll, we'll often refer to them, and, and they're, they're there. They're readily available. But what about the ones that just, you know, that can't afford that? Like, why, why should they get neglected? Addiction does not discriminate. I think that uh, we see people from all walks of life that are suffering from opioid addiction, from alcoholism, and uh, why should they not be able to have those resources? Granted, there's places like the Salvation Army where people, I've seen them get their lives back there, or the, the total low indigent places. Often I've worked in a in different centers and I've been an admissions counselor and then get calls from across the country from people that were uh, in certain states where all they had was Medicaid or Medicare, you know, and so I'd usually go on the Sam, Sam Show website and refer them to, uh, you know, like a, a state a state funded hospital to where they would go and, and they don't get the, the type of treatment that a lot of treatment centers provide but they do have a safe haven where they can go and they can detox and then they can, uh -huh. hopefully there's counselors or people there that can give them some kind of appropriate advice to, or help to, to have long-term recovery. So, I, you know, like Kevin was saying and that what our whole topic is about today is that um, we're, we're lacking in resources to helping people and we need yeah. more. We need more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to ask you guys your opinion on, on what your grand ideas are and and the issues with in, insurance uh, but we have quite a few questions and comments wonderful here, so let's take a moment take to a kind of address it uh, as we look through these uh, ladies and gentlemen please keep them coming uh, this is your time to talk to people that have gone through recovery our addiction specialists working in the field share this post with anyone that you find it may be helpful for ask the questions so uh, Janet says I have to say thank God there is an upkick in sites for sobriety for me. I depend on online resources due to my illness, which is chronic and incurable, and I am unable to go to meetings. So my question is, can we hope more sober sites will be coming? You want to well, talk I about mean, yours or tackle? Oh, too mine? early. <clears throat> well, no, I mean There's it's a uh, lot of resources out there. Yeah, I'm trying to start something. It's going to launch May 1st. It's addicted.com, but spelt differently: a d d c t d dot com. And yeah, we're going to be talking about stuff like this, hopefully give additional resources, but I really feel like I'm throwing a pebble in the ocean. 
you know, mm -hmm. but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And that's all that I can do for now. That's what we're going to do. But there's a lot of online resources with uh, different online meetings. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you've tapped into some of those, which is great. But yes, can there be more? Absolutely. Is there? I don't know. Uh, maybe we could talk after the show to see what you have found and if we have any additional ideas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the reason Pej and I do this is to create online resources and education for everyone available. Um, just helpful content. Uh, if you check out our Facebook page or our website, beginningstreatment.com, or our YouTube channel, we have uh, dozens of videos on there. We have the Ask an Addiction Specialist support group as well, which is in the description of this video. Uh, it's an online support community, and there's a lot of addiction professionals in there. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. O online resources are not only the future, they're the now, and we certainly need more of it. Solange says, what's the main reason why addicts leave treatment? Well, there's, there's not one main reason. There's a lot of reasons why addicts leave treatment. It depends on who they are, what they're going through. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are getting carrots dangled in front of them, and that's why they leave, leave treatment. There's a lot of people that don't. Uh, that are taking they're taking advantage of their parents, you know, and they they'll hop from one place to the next, or or they're not really taking the recovery seriously, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on. You know, there's so many different reasons. It's not one main reason, but uh, you know, the whole point of, of of going to treatment is, and treatment doesn't keep anybody sober. You know, the whole point of going to treatment is to break the resistance for long term recovery. Treatment will send you to twelve step meetings. Treatment will will they'll do the individual therapy. They'll have the counselors that. Um, that run the groups and, and you get to see um, yourself and other people in those groups or in individual therapy you get to work through your stuff but some people they don't want to you know go deep there's a lot of people that don't want to really really uh, they have skeletons in their closet they want to take certain things to their grave with them and and um, temptation is high um, sometimes people get tempted in rehab by somebody else they, they form an unhealthy alliance this guy tells you hey I'd rather be doing this rather than being in this place this is redundant the groups suck all this sucks, and the next thing you know, their their two diseases will just you know collaborate, and the next thing you know, they're out and they're in some <coughs> motel in Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of different reasons. It happens often. Um, you know, I'm not really a statistic guy, but I think that um, not a lot of people stay sober that go through treatment. But there are the, the reason that I continue to work in the whole treatment industry is because I've seen the rewards, I've seen success stories. I most more recently saw. Um, a couple of guys at a center I used to work at five years ago take their five-year uh, sobriety chip, and it was mm. it's it's monumental, you know. Yeah. Because I, I started to Absolutely. think to myself, I'm almost 11 years sober next month, right? So, well, is it May yet? No. Uh, no June. Oh, getting there. Yeah. And and I thought to myself, wait a second. So when these guys were in my care, I only had five years, and now they are where I was. It's you know, it, that's the, the rewards. It's yeah. rewarding. Like yeah. time flies too. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, so another question, what's the hardest drug to recover from and why? Mm. Nicotine. <laughs> Nicotine. Absolutely. Oh, caffeine's a yep. rough one. Yep. Yep. I have my caffeine own structures sure. there. And don't think caffeine's not a drug. You know that stuff's addictive. <laughs> if uh, Wendy says, if we were to donate someone going to treatment, what organization or center do you guys recommend? I'd love to donate with each home I sell. There's wonderful nonprofits. I know that you know of some, Kevin. Yeah, 10,000 Beds is a good one. Uh -huh. uh, that usually is a place that works with other treatment centers looking for them to donate a bed occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a bunch of others. It kind of depends. Uh, there's a couple in Orange County. Mm -hmm. uh, I won't be able to speak much for 
nationwide point of view. Right. Uh, but we have like Charlie Street. Right. We have the Ashland House, and we have the Lynn House, which all do mm. wonderful work. I have immense amounts of respect for all of those places. I've seen people <clears throat> completely get their lives back in all three of the places you named off. I love them. And those places are free of charge. Right. Mm. To so I if won't you got say nothing, anyone. You, you should go there. Yeah, Ashland and Lynn House, female homes, and uh, Charlie Street. But they, both of those are launching pads. But I gotta say, the fact that those places have been around all these years, mm -hmm. the amount of people that I have dropped off yeah. <laughs> at these places and seen them walk out. Now, a lot of them have left on day one. Right. Some on day sure. five. It's uh, like Charlie Street, for example, is right. a 10 day stay. Mm -hmm. No more, no less. Yep. And uh, they even keep a roster yep. of people. You got three, three, three times. Three times that you can ever go there. Lifetime. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, or you're done. <clears throat> a good friend of mine was in my meeting with me on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, he just left for his third time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he feels like this uh, elite alumnus now that he knows he mm. cannot go back. And, and hopefully that gives him the motivation to yeah. stay. Yeah. 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 But, yes, there's plenty of places like that. So as far as sponsoring one individual person, um, it's kind of a gunshot theory or a shotgun theory. But if you look up the Ashland House, the Lynn House, or Charlie Street in Orange County, um, those are some really, Charlie Street, also known as First Step House. That's right. Um, those are some good places to start. Additional ideas, maybe hit us after the show. Mm -hmm. We can come yeah, up with Most something. definitely. Yeah, love it. Keep these questions coming. Keep these comments coming. Share this video. We're trying to reach and help as many people as we possibly can uh, and tackle this topic of lack of resources. That's exactly what we're doing. So uh, keep, keep thinking of questions. Leave them in the comment box below. We're going to jump into another question okay. here. So let's uh, uh, rub our crystal ball, snap our fingers in a perfect nation, perfect world. Uh, what, how do we solve this, this problem of lack of resources? Is it, is it a government issue? Is it a, uh, a lack? Is it an insurance issue? What do you, if you could run the country or come up with a council, um, what would you guys do to not, maybe not entirely solve it, but better our current situation? Well, sadly, I think it comes down to money. Yeah. Mm. Because if money wasn't an option, I personally know more than enough people that would help fight the battle, so That's to right. say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, either by donating time, working for low wages to help other people mm. so they can keep their own lights on. Uh, so as much as I teeter-totter on my uh, <laughs> support of the government taking it over, mm -hmm. uh, but who's got the most money? Mm. They do. Mm -hmm. uh, but as we've seen, uh, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. a lot of those places, they're underfunded, uh, lack of resources. You don't really get a, a full suite of services uh, related to treatment while you're there. Now, anyone that really needs to get sober and wants to and is willing to put in the effort is going to, but there is a transitional period at that time. Sometimes someone's just curious about getting sober and they end up in one of these places. Great, that's the first first step. That's the first step to the first step. That's right. And uh, we need more of those opportunities. So it really, I think it comes down to money overall. Mm -hmm. So more nonprofits, mm. uh, maybe some government oversight, and um, sadly due to I'll call it bad apples in the system. The insurance companies are hunkering down on what they're willing to pay for now, too. So there was a great mm -hmm. rise in that, a little bit of an ease mm -hmm. for a lot of Americans. Uh, now that's tapering off. Uh, the government definitely isn't increasing. So I think it comes down to money, but we need to, we need to raise the, just continually raise the issue, right? Mm -hmm. and, Absolutely. And keep it in front. 
Yeah, that's great. Pesh, any, I, mean, I couldn't agree with him more. I, I, I got to say this. Um, you know, I, I, we obviously know that there's a major epidemic going on, and it's, it's opioids. Yeah. And we can sit there and blame Big Pharma all day long, but um, it's going to keep coming. It's never going to end. We're never going to be, uh, there will never be a shortage of, of people that are addicted to drugs or mm. alcohol for that matter. Alcohol is legal, you know, to a certain extent. And right now, with marijuana uh, becoming legalized, you, right. the the youth is more making it an excuse. Like, well, look, there's dispensaries; it's there, right? And addictions will just keep on accumulating. They'll start yeah. with marijuana, and whoever says it's not a gateway drug, it was for me, right? I started with weed and a it drink, and the next thing you know, I was doing all the rest of it. it certainly. So, um, sadly, I was recently talking to a friend, and he was saying that. Um, until you start seeing some politicians who actually have their kids get affected by this whole mm. epidemic to a certain extent to where they to where it, it, it hits home for them, um, we may not see much of a difference happening. You know, until a few of them lose their kids, then then maybe there will be a difference made. Although there are politicians that are really on board with helping and in mm -hmm. changing things. There's people that are lobbying lobbying this, uh, you know, obviously Earl works with a lot of people that yeah. that are in Washington, and we, we want to make a difference. We could raise awareness all day, but we are, there's there's a lack of money, which which is a, which creates a lack of resources. You know, we, we want to be able to, to uh, not just raise awareness and how we can uh, battle and tackle the problems of addiction and what's going on in this country, but we, we need funding. We definitely need funding, so um, get on board. Let's talk to people. Let's see how we can get it out there, because... Uh, I'm trying to go on a more of a national level and, and letting people know uh, how big the problem is. And I think, it, you know, it's known. But still, there's a lot of people that are in the dark about the epidemic. Yeah. If it hasn't hit home, they don't know. You know, I had a conversation with a man yesterday who um, we were trying to help a kid that he's affiliated with. That um, He said, well, I don't think he's going to get as bad as you. You know, he tried, to he tried to put that on me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, you know... Uh, I know one thing. I was more polite to my mom even when I was in my addiction. And this kid's just like bulldozing over his mom, right? Mm. So uh, there's a lot of people that are in the dark, and they choose to be in the dark because it hasn't hit home. Mm. But when it actually hits home, I think that's when we'll start seeing politicians actually make a difference or or, or actually move forward and trying to fund, um, you know, create an environment, make it easier for us to be able to help people rather than the, how difficult it is. With all due respect, the three places that Kevin was talking about, it's all that we really have in Orange County that can that can help people. As opposed, well, there's also uh, Phoenix House, which t takes Medi-Cal. But again, uh, there's a major waiting list, anywhere from six weeks to yeah. three months. You know what I mean? So it's it's ridiculous. What are your guys' opinions on people that have uh, like yourselves that have gone through recovery to run for office? Kevin would be wonderful at that. Uh. He speaks better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean I have to wear a, a, a suit though? And we just wear that. You would never do it. I'll just wear the t-shirt. Yeah, 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 never I do it. <laughs> you never do have it. one of those. <laughs> Look what Pato chose. Is that Kevin Crump? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's gonna run uh, for office, Pat. What do you think about that? <laughs> we should make Pat run for office. Oh, Pat would be a great. That's president. where we wow. need to go. Yeah. That's the next campaign. He'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. Uh, Pesh, was there any other aspects on this top? I I know we could go endlessly here. Is well, I noticed a lot of people were asking questions, and because we're limited on time, later on I would love to, to answer some questions if possible. Uh, yeah. yeah, do you want to tackle some more of these? Franz, is there anything on your end? No. No? Okay. So let's see. Let's go back up here. 
Is there treatment centers working on scale income for the ones with no money or even medical? They're, they're out there. They're out there. Fewer few and far and between. Few and far between, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. but they're out there. I'll tell you this right now. There's some treatment centers. A lot of my friends that own treatment centers, they, they will scholarship a certain amount of mm. uh, people at any given time. All of them full. I mean, I, I still get calls all the time. We, can we please scholarship this person? And I'll, I'll call them and say, we got six people being scholarship right now. And again, a lot of people think that, well, why do treatment centers charge people so much money? You know, like the, most of the outer network centers... And, um, and it, it sounds like a ridiculous amount when somebody's charging up to $30,000 a month. But in reality, when you have counselors and you have psychologists and you have the building and you have to keep the lights on and you have, you know, all the outings and the groups and all those things that the facilitation of the, of the place, all those different things that adds up. It's a business. You know, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, it's a business. Now, um, you know, it if the government could make it easier on us or the insurance companies or whatnot, maybe perhaps down the line um, it wouldn't cost so much to, to uh, go to treatment or to provide those services. But for right now, I understand why that's happening. So I'm not opposed to places having to charge that much. Yeah, I mean, on top of those things, you have accreditations, you have licensing, that's right. insurances. Yeah, it's mean, not cheap. The amount of resources that go into, let's just say, one six-bed residential house. Right is astronomical it's costly mm. yeah it's and you're maxed out at six clients yeah. yeah yeah so it 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 sadly it adds up and it's such a great but possible uh, affiliations with the government or whatever <laughs> who knows yeah it could be reduced all of that's so far way off yeah we've got to deal with what we got for now but that's right yeah, it, it it's a mountainous mountainous amounts of work and not to mention any one of these places take around a year to open right mm, so there's a sure. year of resources and money going into each one of these places and they're not even making anything no. in that time yep 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 yeah. <clears throat> what's the name of the book that helped people quit smoking it's called well it helped me quit smoking uh it's called easy way to stop smoking by alan carr i read okay. two chapters and i was done Wow, that's wow. it. Two chapters. But then again, I have other friends that have read the whole book, and the, the book recommends that you smoke all the way through it. But for me, after two <laughs> chapters, I was like, okay, I'm getting smoke where this the is book. going. Wow, still breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have to have to be a recovery, a recovery to work at this treatment centers or detoxes? No, you don't have or to be in recovery. Be There's a lot of people that work in treatment centers that are not in recovery themselves. I'm a normie. Yeah, throwing it out there. Yeah, example. I work. A. I work. Yeah, I work. Cats out of the bag. I put this yeah. out here. Yeah. But what does normie really mean? Are normies really normal? <laughs> what is normal anyway? That's normal's overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would rather just be abnormal. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're caught up on uh, questions here. Uh, we've. This is a pretty long runtime here. We've been going for about thirty minutes. Okay. Is there? Any additional points that either of you would like to touch no, on? No, I'm, I'm just grateful that we had Kevin here today talking on the subject. This is something that we brought up yesterday. Yeah. Trying to think of a good topic, and he, he happened to just speak about it, and I said, there's our topic. Yeah. That's well, what we do, and that's what we talked about. I love it, gentlemen. It was this a was, great show. This was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always. Thank for you all for tuning in. Checking out our live stream, or if you're watching this after the fact, or if you're listening to this in podcast format, we would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, what you like, how we can improve, what you don't like, all these different aspects. Let us know. Subscribe to our channel. Subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, anywhere that you can imagine. Uh, write us a review. Tag your friend. 
join us in our online support group, Ask an Addiction Specialist. Sober Grind. Sober Grind. Out. Out. Out.